I'm Roger Wood, In-Depth for In-DepthNH.org of the New Hampshire Center for Public Interest Journalism. My conversation with Andy Smith, Executive Director of the University of New Hampshire Survey Center. Andy, I don't remember when we last talked, but I think it was maybe before the general election, and now you guys, your students are busy again. Your most recent uh, survey conducted only and finished only a week or so ago, uh, you covered a number of candidates and uh, and topics. I'm going to start with one because uh, uh, the, the nearly 550 landline and cord cutters uh, that you interviewed um, Business and Industry Association's uh, survey that uh, showed that consumer confidence has gone uh, considerably higher. Maybe you can elaborate on that a little bit. Sure. We've been doing uh, consumer confidence studies about the people in New Hampshire for the Business Industry Association for many years now. And one of the one of the measures that we look at is whether or not people believe that economic conditions for businesses in New Hampshire are going to get better, are going to be worse, or they're going to be mixed over the next year. And what we've seen is that currently we see 68% of residents of the state believe that business conditions in, in, uh, over the next year in New Hampshire will be good. Uh, that is really remarkably high. Only 17% say they expect bad times for business over the next year. So that is really a lot of optimism in the uh, New Hampshire economy, similar optimism in the national economy. 57% say they expect uh, that business conditions nationwide will experience good times over the next year. Only 25% think they'll uh, experience bad times. So there's a, uh, there, there, there's quite a optimistic uh, opinion by people about the economy. That's interesting. It kind of mirrors the conversation uh, I last had uh, with Taylor Caswell, Commissioner of the New Hampshire uh, Department of Business and Economic Affairs, uh, who uh, we, we were talking about the doubling of uh, the workforce and uh, campus probability at Lonza Biologics and even even some great economic things happening in the North Country. Uh, and um, this kind of maybe mirrors what you're finding. It really does. Uh, that it's something that we experience here in, in, in the southeastern part of the state is that it, uh, business is so good, it's very difficult to find employees to hire. Uh, that, I think, is the biggest issue that we've got, and that uh, is probably uh, going to stoke inflationary pressures over the next year should that continue. That's interesting. One thing I do... One thing I really want to point out about the perceptions about business conditions in the United States is they're highly tied to partisanship. Um, when you ask about business conditions for the U.S., 82% of Republicans think that uh, businesses are going to experience good times over the next year. Only 32% of Democrats do. Uh, and that's actually kind of an inverse of what we saw when, uh, uh, when Barack Obama was president. Democrats were much, much more optimistic than Republicans mm. about the uh, coming state of the economy. So people view the economy through their partisan lenses, just like we view most of things in the world now through our partisan lenses. Speaking of that, uh, your poll recently concluded, uh, found that uh, President Trump's approval has been on the rise, too. Yes, yeah, so Trump's, Trump's approval is, is still not particularly good, but it's better than it was. So currently 41% of state residents uh, approve of the job he's doing as president, only 52% disapprove. Uh, just as early as February, it was only 35% approved, 59% disapproved. So uh, Trump's headed in the right direction, headed towards the uh, um, uh, the election. If you're a, if you're a, a 
Republican because presidential approval is tied highly with how well a party's candidates will do in midterm elections. Sure. Speaking of that, uh, there is one coming up, and uh, uh, neither uh, Jean Shaheen, the senior senator, nor uh, Maggie Hassan, the junior senator, are, are, are for re-election, but I, I guess the survey found they're both very popular. Yeah, they're both quite popular. Um, for uh, Jean Shaheen, she's been in office now for a long time, going back to the 1990s as governor. She's at 50, 52% of people in the state uh, have a favorable opinion of Jean Shaheen. Only 26% have an unfavorable opinion of her. Uh, when you look at uh, uh, Maggie Hassan, somewhat similar, 47% have a, um, a, a favorable opinion of Hassan. Only 30% have an unfavorable opinion. And, it, and since neither of them are involved in an election this year, you're not seeing the opposition or the unfavorables rise like you are for many other candidates. Um, if you're kind of, if you're not running for office, out of sight, out of mind, it's a good place to be right now. I guess so. Well, out of sight but not out of mind uh, are Bernie Sanders and and Joe Biden, uh, who um, the University of New Hampshire Survey Center also looked into their uh, popularity for a possible 2020 race, and of course. Um, Bernie Sanders uh, had to take the uh, the mat for Hillary Clinton, but your survey found that Sanders and Biden are still viable? Well, I think they are, but a lot of the things that you're measuring this far before the primary is just uh, name recognition of the candidates. So if you ask an open-ended, can, um, uh, an open-ended question to likely Democratic primary voters, uh, who do you favor for... Um, who would you vote for in the New Hampshire primary? Most of them don't know. Fifty-nine percent say they're undecided. And then when you ask uh, among those people who do have a name, fourteen percent mention Bernie Sanders, eleven percent Joe Biden, and everybody else is down in three per, in their single digits. So uh, Sanders and Biden are there largely because of name recognition. However, if you ask, uh, if you read a list of candidates, and these are candidates that are been mentioned by many different sources or who've been to New Hampshire. Um, uh, at the top of the list, Bernie Sanders is at 28%, Joe Biden's at 26%, and Elizabeth Warren is at 11%. All of the other candidates are down in single digits, and that's largely because it's a long time until the election, and most voters aren't paying any attention to it yet. But uh, a race that they should be paying attention to and doesn't seem to be too highly visible yet and it's kind of a funny campaign season, a kind of a short one, is the race for governor um, with a ju- uh, with a, a, the latest Sununu, Chris, uh, elected once. Um, he's running again, and um, you're finding that um, Steve Marchand um, apparently uh, is behind him, but Sununu is on top. And I don't know about you, but I don't recall, except for Craig Benson, a New Hampshire governor who was uh, not reelected at least once. It's, it's been an awfully long time that uh, uh, a candidate hasn't been reelected as governor. Benson only served one term. Prior to that, I think it goes back more than 100 years. So we typically elect people to a second term. Sinead is doing pretty good. Uh, right now, 59% approve of the job he's doing as governor. Only 16% disapprove, and that's probably the best thing he has going for him. That's going to change as we get closer to the election, um, as Democrats start to, to beat up on him a bit more than has been the case. But he's in decent shape right now, about the same shape that uh, Maggie Hassan was in, in at this point in her uh, first term 
of office. So you mentioned Steve Marchand and uh, the, the difficulties I think that Democrats are going to have going into this election. Uh, first off, it's a midterm election, so interest generally is lower than it would be in a presidential year. And then the candidates who are running so far, Steve Marchand and, and Molly Kelly, are just unknown to most people. Um, and although Marchand's been running for a long time, that doesn't mean that people are really aware of him because they're not paying attention to the election yet. Mm. So currently only 10% of, of, of voters have a, a favorable opinion of Marchand. 4% have an unfavorable, 12% are neutral, meaning that they recognize who he is but don't know him. And then 74% uh, don't know anything about him. Uh, Molly Kelly is similar, 9% favorable, 6% unfavorable, 12% neutral, and 73% don't know who uh, she is. So these candidates have a lot of work to do over the summer, which is tough because in the, in the course of the summer, most people, again, aren't paying attention to the election. They've got a primary battle that, uh, or a, a, a battle that's going to be played out in the September primary, and then whoever wins that has a very short amount of time until the November election. So they've got to do a lot of work this summer and really kind of keep their noses to the grindstone, not paying too much attention to polls, um, because it's going to only be after Labor Day that voters really start to pay attention to this race. I don't think this has come out yet in your polling, but maybe you can correct me uh, on the on the first congressional district race. But, you know, Maggie Hassan has has already, um, in, in a way, anointed um, Chris Pappas as her favorite uh, in the first uh, congressional race. And uh, I'm just wondering if that really helps, you know. Well, I don't know if so much it's uh, her endorsement that matters as much as it's Chris Pappas is from the Manchester area, the largest population district in the, in the state, and having something to do with the curative backroom restaurant probably doesn't help being in the Manchester area. Uh, so we have favorability ratings of the candidates who are running in the Democratic primary. Uh, currently, Chris Pappas is the best-known candidate. He's at 23% favorable, 8% unfavorable, 8% neutral. But still, Pappas, uh, with Pappas, 62% don't know enough uh, about him to say whether they have a favorable or an unfavorable opinion. All of the other Democratic candidates uh, are, are far less than that, between, say, uh, 78 and 85 percent don't know anything about those candidates. So they all have a lot of work to do, too. Yeah, it's in a wide-open race, too, and uh, with Carol Shea Porter retiring, it was a, you know, you remember, it was a seesaw race between her and, and Frank Ginta. Uh, and I don't recall, maybe you do, the last congressman and the congressperson in the first district to have a long tenure. Uh, oh, the, the only name that comes to my mind is is Norm Demores. <laughs> Norm Demores, um, John Sununu, uh, John E. Sununu had three terms, so that wasn't particularly long. Uh, but he stepped up and went to the Senate. Uh, so it's been a long time since we've had somebody in that district who's been in there for you know uh, ten or so uh, terms, which is not uncommon in Congress. Yeah, they have to run every two years and. And often want to be promoted uh, to the six years. And you know, I think part of the reason that for that is, is both of the, the CDs in New Hampshire are pretty competitive. Uh, they're certainly more competitive than our, our congressional districts around the country. They're always listed as some of the most competitive districts out there. So you really you've got a good chance of being defeated here. Whereas you get to some places and uh, candidates are not even facing competition, or they're they're defeating their opponents by 
80 to 20 percentage point margin because the districts are so heavily partisan. So the New Hampshire districts uh, make it pretty interesting for us here in the state that uh, we have competitive elections pretty much every time, every two years for our uh, congressional seat. That's Andy Smith, director of the University of New Hampshire Survey Center. For In-Depth NH, I'm Roger Wood.